Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly with thehomeloanexpert.com. There's never been a better time to look at a refinance. Maybe it's time to get rid of the PMI or get some cash out to pay off the credit cards. Five minutes could save you 500 bucks a month. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Enjoy the podcast. Are you trying to find the sports fan in your life the perfect holiday gift? Why not think about tickets to the 8th Annual Evening with the Cardinals coming up on January 11th at St. Louis Union Station Grand Ballroom. This year it features Ted Simmons and Ozzie Smith. Dinner, auction, private photo session with the two legends. And hear them reminisce about their careers. Get your tickets at TheNCCS.org. That's the NCCS.org. It's an evening with the Cardinals, January 11th, thenccs.org. Welcome into Scoops with DannyMac.com and my visit with the voice of the Missouri Tigers, Mike Kelly. Lots to get into with Mike, the Bragging Rights game, the state of Conzo Martin's program, and we'll get into the hiring of Eli Drinkowitz, the head football coach at Mizzou. Missouri comes to St. Louis and makes it two straight against the Fighting Illini. They take home the Bragging Rights Trophy once again, 63-56 the final. Huge win for Missouri in the Bragging Rights game. Mike had the call. He joins me on Scoops with DannyMac.com. Mike, uh, let's start with this. What was your takeaway from the game on Saturday against the Illini here in St. Louis? Well, I thought Missouri was the tougher team. I thought the team that was more uh, determined to get the loose balls. I thought they were the team that were that was more determined to play within its identity. Um, and I think that they did just enough from an offensive standpoint to win the game. And uh, obviously they got great production off the bench from Xavier Pinson and also from uh, the Belleville native uh, Javon Pickett, who finished with a season high 17. So um, I thought Missouri was the better team that afternoon inside Enterprise Center. What was the atmosphere like for you? It's not the, the triple overtime. It's not Lou Henson against Norm Stewart, but it is Mizzou, Illinois. What was the atmosphere like from your perspective? Well, it was a step in the right direction in terms of the crowd. I mean, uh, candidly, I said a few years ago on the air during the course of the game, um, maybe this rivalry has run its course uh, because this, the arena was not selling out. Uh, it wasn't even close to capacity. Um, last year's crowd was better. This year's crowd was better than last year's. So I think it's trending in the right direction to getting back to those special moments that we all remember when it was the toughest ticket in St. Louis. I mean, it was tougher than Cardinal playoff tickets. It was tougher than Rams tickets at the time. Uh, you know, 22 to 23,000 fans split right down the middle. Um, a very passionate evening. And, and we're, I think we're moving back in that direction. And, and why is that happening? Well, because you've got two good coaches in Brad Underwood and Conzo Martin that are trying to rebuild those programs and the fan bases are now responding. But for me, I mean, I love the game. I mean, I, I love doing a game in St. Louis each year. Um, you know, that's my 30th game that I've been a part of in the Bragg and Wright series, 30 of the 39. So um, it, it, it's fun to play a role. Did you ever have a, a favorite one? When, when you look back at this great rivalry, and, and I, I think it's just the, the time of the year, I don't like the game starting at noon. I like it better at 6 or 7 o'clock, and people are festive and whatnot. But to the point of the best one that you've been a part of over the 30 years, which is the one that stands out? Well, triple overtime, uh, without question, because of the circumstances and because of what it led to for that team in 93 and 94. I mean, you must remember Missouri earlier that season – barely beat Central Missouri at home. And then they go to Arkansas and they get beat by 52 the night that Bud Walton Arena opens up. Uh, and then to come home and in that game against uh, against Illinois, Deion Thomas had a lay-in with just over a minute to go to put Illinois up by, I think, nine points. And you thought the game was over. Uh, Lamont Frazier had something to 
say about that, banged a couple of threes, <laughs> uh, and then the next thing you know, we're in overtime, and then the second overtime, Kiwan Garris misses a, a 90% foul shooter and misses a pair of free throws, and uh, Missouri goes on to win it in three overtimes with really, you know, I think Frazier and a bunch of freshmen on the court at that point in time, guys like Derek Grimm and, and Jason Sutherland. So that's the one that will always stand out because it led to an undefeated, um, you know, Big A championship season for Missouri in 1994 the last conference championship that Missouri has won in the sport of basketball. And that's really interesting when you think about that, Dan, Missouri's last conference championship. And I don't count tournament titles. Those are nice to win, but those aren't winning the league outright, which is the most important thing. The last one took place in 1994. And, you know, um, so that's the one I'm always going to remember for sure. Illinois came in 24th of the nation in points per game, 84.1. Mizzou holds Illinois to 56. That's kind of what Conzo Martin is trying to build. Defense first, that's what he was based on when he played and now coaching. Is that the identity of this team? We're going to kind of make it rough on on teams to score. Well, it has to be. Um, it has to be. And, and the other thing that they came in with the mindset is that Illinois was plus 14 on the glass and uh, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. And Conzo told his team on Friday before the game, okay, let, let's see if that's the case. Let's test them to see if that's the case. And, you know, Missouri out rebounds Illinois 36 32, and the Tigers had 13 offensive rebounds. So, uh, and they also forced 17 turnovers. So, the, the defense has got to be, and, and Conzo's never going to apologize for being a defense first coach. Um, and, and, Dan, as I look at this team, I just think about, you know, they won the game. They went one for four in the second half from the three-point line, so they only shot it from three, four times, so they they were more determined. Uh, when they found an opportunity to drive the ball, they were more determined to drive the basketball and, 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 and ultimately, um, you know, driving the ball, attacking the defense, um, you know, obviously being good on the glass. Um, that's how they were able to to win the game and then bench scoring as well, outscoring Illinois' bench 31-10. to 10. So they have to be a defensive team. But then the other thing I think about is that, you know, as a team, they're shooting about 27% uh, from the three-point line. Uh, yesterday they go 5 of 14 in the game, which is about 35%. But what happens to this team from an offensive standpoint if Mitchell Smith starts shooting the three more more uh, consistently a guy like Kobe Brown does the same thing Mark Smith and if they can ever get Torrance Watson going uh, you know Watson you know has shown the ability to hit the three previously in his career he's just going through one of those droughts right now and I think it's the impact of the line uh, being moved back a little bit to, to tell you the truth so you know if they can get going from an offensive standpoint start shooting the three I don't think that'll become their identity but it certainly gives them uh, much more firepower from an offensive standpoint. Mike Kelly, longtime voice of the Missouri Tigers, our guest. And, you know, you think 18 days ago, Charleston Southern goes to Missouri and wins that game. They were something like a 26, 28-point underdog, and they beat Mizzou. Then Mizzou goes to the bragging rights game, and they win this game. They've gone on the road against a good Temple team, and they won that game. So the question is, Mike, you know, what what – what is this team? Who are they? What What do you think they they are at, at the end of December? Well, I give I give credit to Conzo and his coaching staff going back to the Temple game for changing the lineup and putting Mitchell Smith into the starting lineup at six ten. He gives Missouri um, somebody on the perimeter that that you know obviously can defend, can help Jeremiah Tillman on the glass. He's probably 
probably Missouri's best player in terms of being able to enter the ball into the post, which, again, that's that's got to become more of a consistent theme as well, getting more uh, offensive production uh, from Jeremiah. But he did a lot of great things yesterday or uh, Saturday from a defensive standpoint. Um, but, you know, th- this is a team that, that I think is starting to find itself, and, and they're, they're understanding the Temple game, going to Philadelphia on a Saturday night and holding Temple to 54 points when they had lost just one time that season. Um, I think gave this team a lot of confidence and then, you know, blowing out Southern Illinois and handling Illinois. And now you've got a uh, time off. They don't play again until a week from tonight against, uh, against uh, Chicago state. So I think they're starting to buy in and they're starting to realize that if they can hang their hat on defense, um, that, that it's going to be difficult for teams to beat them. But, you know, the Charleston Southern thing, it just proves if you're not ready to play. In, in this day and age, if you're not ready to play, you're not good enough to beat anybody. Isn't that the truth? I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about uh, what's happening with the football program. What are your initial impressions of Eli Drinkwitz? I've been with him probably a total of maybe 15 minutes since he was hired. Uh, the first 10 of that was in his office uh, the morning that he was uh, announced as Missouri's head coach. Um, I love his energy. I love his passion. Um uh, he obviously understands how to market a program and the role that the head coach has to play in terms of not only building your program, but building fan interest in your program. That's to me, something that, that I've really picked up on uh, just watching, um, you know, his body of work um, over the, the, the last few weeks. Um, I like the staff he's putting together Um like the fact that he kept some continuity on the defensive side of the football with Ryan Walters and uh, also David Gibbs, which I think David Gibbs doesn't get enough credit, but I thought David Gibbs really helped Missouri become a much, much better defense a year ago from, from what they were the previous season. Um, you know, Brick Haley staying on that, that, that helps as well. And then what he's done in terms of his hires, I think very strategic in terms of getting, um, you know, relentless recruiters, um, getting some guys with some 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 championship experience, um, and you know, let's see what happens with with the next couple of hires. I mean, a really important one sometimes fans tend to overlook is the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, you know, he hopes to make that announcement in the near future, um, and then of course he's got a couple of offensive positions to fill. But um, you know, when you talk to him, and again, it's been a it's been a brief amount of time that I've had a chance to talk to him, but but. He gets it, Dan. I mean, very simply, he gets it at a very young age. And uh, you can also tell when you talk to him that, you know, his understanding of offensive football and listening to him during the press conference talk about the innovations and the changes that he's made during his career from, you know, uh, the start of it, uh, working in high school with Gus Malzahn to then being with, with coach and then, you know, going with Brian Harson and being with him and being able to really maybe blend two different philosophies. Um, you know, it just it, it, it tells me that this guy is mature beyond his years. I'm curious from a personal uh, perspective, and you've been around Mizzou many, many years. You're a Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, one of the great announcers in, in college sports. Um, and you were tight with Barry Odom. I mean, you saw him as a player. You saw him as an assistant, then the head coach, and then he's let go, and you have this new guy come in. From your perspective, Mike, how, how tough was that to see Barry go? Well, it's always tough, you know, and again, I, I, I met Barry Odom as a, as a bright-eyed freshman from Ada, Oklahoma, um, and, and thank the world of him and, and wish he and Tia and, um, 
you know, the the boys, Garrett and JT and Anna Lockwood, their daughter, the, the best, and they're going to be fine. You know, they're, they're going to be just fine. I mean, you know, what, what Barry Odom did at his, at his alma mater is that he played a stock, right? And that stock uh, rewarded him very nicely uh, over the course of his four years, and he was able to parlay that into another position that's going to pay him over a million dollars a year. So, um, but I go back, Dan, in terms of the adjustment, because, you know, when you make coaching staff changes, it's not just the coaches that are let go. It's all the position coaches. It's the, you know, it, it impacts all of the families yeah. and the kids and things like that. And my lands, if I just think over, you know, the last, you know, 26, 27 years, the number of different staffs that have been let go um, and the number of families that have been impacted, it, it's somewhat staggering. But, yeah, I go back to, to really advice that Larry Smith, the late Larry Smith, uh, a guy that I that I loved working with a guy that I loved as a human being and that I dearly miss. Um, Larry Smith told me after Gary Pinkle was hired, I'll never forget. Lori and I had breakfast with, with Larry and Cheryl Smith one spring day, uh, one spring morning on a weekend at the 63 diner, uh, just North of Columbia. And, and Larry said to me, he said, he said, what do you think of the new staff? This was after Pinkle's staff was hired. I said, you know, coach really don't know him. I said, haven't spent much time with him. I said, you know, it's it's tough just kind of adjusting to, you know, your guys leaving and then this whole group coming in. And he looked at me and he says, it's your job to get to know these folks. You owe it to them. You owe it to your profession. You need to sit down. You need to be open. It's not their fault I got fired. It's my fault I got fired. And that was really, you know, sage advice from a, from a guy that uh, – that I really respected. And uh, so, you know, again, it's, it, you hate to see families disrupted. You hate to see change. Um, in this day and age, everybody's pretty much handsomely will, rewarded. So I think they're going to be fine. Uh, but now you, you know, you really have, you know, no other choice, but to move on to the next guy, Eli Drinkwitz and his staff, there are guys now, right. I mean, for Missouri fans and, and, uh, you know, uh, certainly as I look at it, I need to develop relationships because I'm going to have to work with them this season, uh, gets closer. And so, you know, you embrace them uh, and, and, you know, you look forward to, to what the future holds. Are people excited about him? You get that, that feeling in Columbia? I really do. No, I think not only in Columbia, I just look at the reaction on Saturday when he was introduced to the crowd and just watching him work, um, you know, uh, yes, he was seated in the stands getting ready to watch the game, but, but he, he's keen. He knows, he knows different people he needs to say hi to and, you know, I, I think people are excited. I really do. I think I think Missouri fans are are, uh, are are looking forward to, you know, offensive football helps. I think sell tickets. Defense wins championships, but I think offensive football sells tickets. And um, you know, I I, I think Missouri. I, I I love what Jim Sterk said when he made the decision uh, to make the move. Is that he thought that Missouri had lost momentum as a program, and I agree with him. I thought that they did too. It's hard for a fan base to to embrace a program that loses five consecutive games three different times over a four-year period. That's just, that's difficult for fans to, to really, you know, grasp and get momentum uh, behind that program. Um, you know, so I, I, I appreciated the, the, what Jim said in terms of that and the way that he framed it. And I think the other thing too, Dan, that, that as the director of athletics, Jim Sturk had to say, am I 100% convinced that Barry Odom is capable of turning this around and regaining that momentum. And if you're not 100% convinced as the athletic director, then you have to make a change. 
and he did. And I think that he made a really good decision and a really good choice in, in Eli Drinkwitz, and, and I think the future's bright. You're the best, my man. Thank you for everything. Happy holidays to you and yours. All right, brother. Great to see you. Merry Christmas, and uh, can't wait to see you.